You are listening to the Daily Talks podcast where my mom, Dali, empowers parents like you with parenting tips. My mom's mission is to help parents make their child raising experience easier and more enjoyable by sharing valuable lessons to save in unnecessary struggles. The Daily Talks podcast is for any person already parenting or planning on parenting a child. Each week you'll hear different experts talk with my mom about important aspects of parenting, self-care, and of course her specialized area of bullying awareness and prevention. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, go ahead and do so now wherever you may be listening. And don't forget to set up your alerts so that you don't miss any episodes. Let's get started. Carla, thank you so much for being here on the Dali Talks show. Everybody, our guest today is Carla Schieber. She is an amazing wellness coach. And I think that she can teach us a lot through um, by just sharing her her story about her experience and also provide us with a little bit of motivation and, and belief in ourselves that we can transform ourselves if we really have the right mindset and the right person to help us. So, Carla, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I appreciate it so much because I know you're a very, very busy lady. So let's get started with a little backstory about who you are and what led you to uh, become a wellness coach. Okay, so uh, my name is Carla Schieber. I am 42. I live in Suffolk, Virginia. I spent most of my life being overweight. Um, the first time I can remember being made aware of my weight was about five years old when my grandmother's sister weight shamed me and you know in front of like they basically were just talking about me while I'm standing there like I wasn't there and I remember these two older women talking about me being a five-year-old that was fat and that is my first memory of being body shamed (laughs) and I then when I became a teenager the weight got up became a little more of a problem And then in my twenties, it got completely out of control. I was in, I was in an unhappy marriage and I know I don't blame the marriage. I just always point that out because sometimes the circumstances that you're in can contribute to the choices you make. And I was definitely suffering from some mental well, unwellness and depression being in an unhappy marriage. And I don't blame him for that, but it was part of the reasons. And I ended up being, um, 125 pounds. I was obese. I was very obese. And then I discovered that I was suffering from some legitimate medical issues. I was 31 and I was pre-diabetic, high cholesterol, high blood pressure on meds for all these things just to live at 31. And it was all because of my lifestyle choices. I also had some issues with my legs swelling. My blood wouldn't circulate back up from the, so my legs would swell and I was so young, I went to the medical supply store to buy the compression stockings and the old women working in there were like, why do you need these? You're too young for this. And I just was like, I know, (laughs) like it was one of those, like, ouch, they're right. They're, they're right. I'm literally having to wear compression stockings because I was making such poor choices with how I was caring for myself. The poor choices I was making was I was a bin. I'm a food addict. I'm not going to say I was a food addict. I am a food addict. It's not something that goes away, <laughs> but I was binge eating and I would, I just way, way overate. The, the same way that under eating is, a, is an eating disorder. So is overeating to the point where I, what I was doing, the way I was doing it, hiding food, being shame around food, eating, you know, way more than I ever needed. It was a, um, I used to self-medicate with food. So I would feed my emotions like that depression. I can see it clearly now at the time I was not aware of it. 
but the depression, I would feed it with junk food, lots of processed food, lots of just junk. I was living on junk. Uh, I always say I was surviving, not thriving, because that's that's what it was when I have the memories of it. So that's kind of the backstory. I spent most of my life overweight. Then I became very obese, which caused legitimate medical issues. And that was kind of the wake up call because I was so young. I I was embarrassed that I needed drugs to survive because I couldn't control myself. And that was kind of like a Kickstarter in my head of, I need to do something about this. That's what set me off in the, it got the mind spinning about, I need to do something. It took me a little while to figure out what that was. I mean, that was probably, it probably was a good year, year and a half, maybe two full years of me knowing I needed to do do something and make changes before I actually did. So that's kind of where it started for me as far as the transformation. I got a swift kick in the shins about the medical stuff. And then I toyed around, toyed around for about a year or a year, like I said, a year and a half um, before I could make changes. At the time, I didn't realize that I had to get out of that marriage before I could change anything. He was not supportive at all about anything. (laughs) So like there was absolutely no support system in my own home and it was toxic for us. So once I got away from that marriage and I left that marriage, I lost 40 pounds immediately and I didn't even try. It was, it was one of those not, not sadness from the marriage ending. It was, I stopped feeding the depression as much. It it was kind of a portion control situation where I wasn't eating as much and 40 pounds came off because I had backed off of the binge eating. And then that felt good. And I was like, Ooh, well, look at this. Maybe I should keep going Uh, because the 40 pounds at the time didn't solve the medical issues. It, It helps. And it contributed to things improving, but it didn't solve anything. So that's kind of the backstory on, on what pushed me to being aware that I needed to make a change. Yeah. I have a, there's another specific incident that occurred that actually literally flipped a light switch in my brain that got me to make, take the action to change. So the, the, the medical problems and the women in the medical supply store about the stockings triggered my mind to be aware you need to do something. And then that got me talking to my doctor about my weight because they never talked to me about it. It was anytime I go, it was like, just take pills. No one, no one, I don't know what everyone else's doctor is doing, but every doctor I ever saw never gave me any advice or tried to assist me with weight loss until I brought it up. And then when I brought it up, my doctor just said, well, we can look into weight loss surgery if you gain 50 more pounds. So she wanted me to gain more weight to get wow. me. Approved. And this was, this was back. I don't know what the, the deals with weight loss surgery are now. I don't know what the terms are, but this was uh, 2012, 2011. So back then, even at almost 300 pounds, she was like, you can gain 50 more and we'll get insurance to cover it. And I walked out of that meeting with her kind of like, this doesn't sit right with me. Like, how are you saying you're going to help me? You just told me to gain more weight. I, I, the thought of gaining more weight was just such a turnoff to me. It just made me, my whole body responded to that. Like, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. I don't, I don't see how this is why. 
How does that help me? You want me to gain 50 pounds to go get cut to then lose weight. It was just, it didn't sit right with me. That led me to having a conversation with my best friend about it. I was, I was back then I was very lost. I wasn't secure. I couldn't make decisions on my own. I didn't feel an ownership or self-ownership of myself. I, I always needed advice. I always needed somebody to buy in. I always needed to talk it out. Like I couldn't just, I wasn't solid enough back then within myself with my confidence and my ability to make the best choices. So I wanted to bounce the whole situation off of her. And when I first brought it up to her, we, it was a normal day and we were sober and that matters. I'll get to why that matters. And her response was, I support you, whatever you want to do. If you think weight loss surgery is what you need, I say, I support you. I'm going to just support what you need to do. So I didn't really get the feedback I was looking for because I really wanted to talk it out. And I know that you're supposed to support your friends, but I knew, I knew that wasn't what she really thought. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I kept toying around with it. Then one night we were out together and we were, uh, we had been drinking and it was the end of the night and we were tipsy. And this is my favorite story because this changed my life. This changed my life. I owe everything to this moment. We're tipsy. It comes up again for some reason, because it was very, it was something very heavy on me. And I brought it up. We're drunk and we're in our feelings, having those conversations, you get those little feelings, you know, and she says, I do support you. And I know I told you that she said, but why are you going to run to surgery when you haven't even tried to help yourself? You haven't tried to take care of this. You haven't tried to change your diet. You haven't tried to exercise. You haven't tried to do anything to help yourself. Why would you run to surgery when you haven't done anything to work on the issues and the things going on with yourself that led you here? And I was like, well, holy crap. I mean, she was just right. Like, I didn't like hearing it. She wasn't trying to shame the surgery part. I think she was, her intention was to be real with me and let me know you can go run out and get surgery, but it's not going to fix anything if you don't work on what, what the issues were to begin with that got you here. She was right. Cause even people that get the surgery, they have success in initially, but if there's not some certain lifestyle changes that go along with it, it can be unsuccessful in the long run. Right. I know that now I did not know that at the time. So she said it very openly and honestly, I mean, just straightforward. Like you haven't even tried, like you haven't tried. I do support you, but let's also point out you haven't tried. And I was like, well, <laughs> she is 100% right. And at the, after that moment, I never considered surgery again. Surgery was off the table and it, that was it. And I, and then, so it wasn't the next day that I got up and started to change, but it wasn't very long after that, that uh, Rob and I, it led me to start having some conversation with Rob because by this time I was in a relationship with Rob, my current husband, and he was also very overweight and he's older than me. And we were, we weren't doing much for our health and well-being, you know, at the time we weren't. And we decided one day that we were going to try. And I was like, do you want to be in the sick care system and be on a bunch of meds for the rest of our lives, die early, potentially, um, I was very concerned about the legitimate medical risks of my obesity. I, I, I didn't want to have a heart attack. I just, I wasn't, I did not want to deal with hospitals and doctors and just all of that. It's not, 
I don't like that stuff. <laughs> and we just, we decided we were going to do it together. And June, it's actually June 13th, 2014. 2014. Yeah, June 13th, 2014. This first day we went to the gym together. And I haven't looked back. Like that, that was, I call it my second birthday because it is, it just is. It was, it is my second birthday. I, I am on a new life. I feel like I'm living a different life and a whole different reality in the same body without having died. It's very bizarre sometimes. <laughs> so, but that's where I am now. I mean, that, now that was seven years ago. The process kind of started nine or 10 years ago. So it's been ongoing, but it took me some years to actually even try. But yeah. she, when she said that, it was just that it was, it was the reality I needed to hear. It was tough love. And she delivered it very tactfully, but very straightforward. And she was very honest with me. And she told me what she was really thinking and how she really felt about it. To this day, I thank her. I constantly thank her. If I ever talk about my story, I tell that piece because that was the moment that clicked in my brain that I needed to try for myself, that I needed to, I was having an issue. I was having a problem. I was sick and it was self-induced and I needed to get up and own that and deal with it. Right. And I needed to hear that. That's what I needed to hear because of course the doctor's like, well, we can just gain more weight, get surgery. Like I did, she didn't help me at all. And like, as my best friend told me what I needed. I just needed that. And it, it clicked something in my mindset. It, it just flipped the switch. It was a light bulb. I don't know how else to describe it. All I know is, is that if I think on life-changing moments in my life, that is all, that is in the top three. Carla, you mentioned something so important here is that you said the doctors never asked you about your weight. Never. And I feel like that's true. Or the other thing that happens is they always kind of shame you. to. Yes. I've heard heard that. Yes. I've heard that feedback from other people. That's not my experience. My doctors just dealt me drugs. I'm not, I'm not anti-doctor. I think there's a time and place for certain things. I also think there's a business aspect of it. I think that it's all nuanced, so I can't black and white that topic, but I didn't have any good experiences with, with multiple doctors. They ignored my weight instead of helping me fix my lifestyle issues mm-hmm. and medical problems. They just wanted to toss pills at me. Yeah. So. It, it, that bothers me so much because it really messes with people's mindset. I mean, I think that those of us who have always struggled with our weight have already have this mindset of just struggle, you know, yes, yes, we ourselves up for doing, not doing. And like something you said too, is the pills, right? Like, yep. Not all of us want to resort to some kind of medical intervention. We want to be, we want to discover that we can do it on our own, like have that self-empowerment, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is something that you have so successfully done. It's been life-changing. Like I want everyone to feel like I feel most days, like, but that's why I'm so loud about it. <laughs> and, and we need more people like that because I mean, just you sharing that story. I hope that it helps somebody because, you know, like you said, like there was something that just clicked. It and did. We hear, yeah. We all hear things all of a sudden. And then, so, and then, uh, I've had moments where I hear the same thing over and over throughout the year, but then for some reason I hear it one more time and it, it just clicks. Hopefully this will be that experience for someone. Um, the other thing that you mentioned was um, the having to gain weight so that insurance can cover it. This is insane that the doctor would even. That's what I thought. 
<laughs> even then, even back then, before I knew more of what I know now about all of these things, even then that was a huge red flag to me. I was like, lady, you're, this is not helpful. No way you think me gaining 50 more pounds. I am already sick. My blood pressure is already high. I'm already sick. Are you insane lady? That's how I felt. And then I thought I'm supposed to trust this person. I mean, I blind trust in this person because they have a white coat on. And she just gave me advice that made my whole intuition go, no. <laughs> yes, yes, Carla. Yes. Um, just because somebody has an MD or whatever fancy title doesn't mean that they know your body better than exactly. you. Exactly. You have to have some sort of, that's why I don't believe in the blind trust. I think they're a resource and they are good information. I, I think I would never promote, don't trust your doctor. I promote trust yourself too. You yeah. Know? Yes. Take in, take what resonates, leave what doesn't. If something feels wrong, trust that there's a reason. Right. Okay, Carla. So let's dive into how you did this because um, I have read books. I have tried to watch videos on how to read nutrition labels and all this stuff. And for some reason, I just don't get it. I get confused or, you know, like I'll read an article that says, do this today. And then the next That's the biggest problem, I think. Right. And also like- trusting the labels on food, organic, grass-fed, everything's like, there's something behind it that then you realize, oh, that's not really true. Right. So- Every, well, everything is poisonous. Everything's hurting us. Everything's bad. So you really, it's, and I, I don't mean to sound, I'm not, that's not fear mongering. It's more like, I always try to avoid the people who I, like we talked about before we started recording at anyone that puts anything to a black and white box when it comes to our health and our wellness, I, I immediately think is a red flag because it is such a gray area and uh, all of us can respond differently. I know people that eat a vegan diet. And the reason why is because medically something is going on that with them medically, that that is best for them. For Carla, vegan would not work for me. I absolutely will never live that lifestyle, but I don't judge people who do because I don't have any business to judge what makes them feel their best self. And if they tell me this diet is making them feel good or this diet helped them, who am I to judge that? Because it's not what's best for me, but you get these people, especially for the sensationalism on social media or any of the things that you could potentially read for clicks, they have to have that. It's almost that, that shock factor they use. I try to avoid that. I try. I haven't been as great in the past, but I've, I've gotten better. <laughs> as the more I learn, the more I grow. And I realize that it really is so personal. So to me, there's some basics. There are some high level basics. And then it turns into how do you implement, how do you execute that? How do you do that? So a top level basic, I know everyone talks about this and there's some nuance. There's always nuance to these things would be calorie deficits. What worked for me finally. So when I started, let's start there. When I started, I didn't know anything about macros. I didn't know anything about calorie deficits. I just knew change the junk food to something better. I mean, I had real basic knowledge at first. What we did at first was we started eating more vegetables. We started eating more um, protein and we cut out a lot of the, what I call, I hate to use the word bad carbs, but the, the carbs that aren't as nutritionally valuable. I don't like to demonize food. I I don't want to create toxic mindsets around food. There's carbs that are less nutritionally valuable, such as bread, pasta, things like that. So we cut out a lot of the white flour, the, the, the carbs like, and switch to sweet potatoes and fruit. And cause I'm not anti-carb, but I have a, 
I choose different types of carbs. I choose carbs that add some value, some nutritional value. We started with that. That reduced our calorie intake by default, which put us in a deficit. Now at the time I wasn't aware, I knew you, you eat less, you lose weight. Now I know that is a calorie deficit, energy in, energy out. So you, however much energy you are spending to be alive each day, to lose weight, you have to take in less than that. Some people take in way too much less, huge deficit. That leads to hormonal issues. That leads to crash dieting. I feel like that does not lead to sustainable weight loss. I will say now I do not promote that. When I deal with people and we talk calories and we talk their baseline needs, if I suggest a calorie deficit, I am only in the 200 to 300 calorie range per day deficit. I don't go to extremes because I have found that people will quit. They, it's, they, it's, it's too much of a shock and it's hard to sustain. And I, I'm trying to help people build habits. Mm -hmm. And for me, helping them, I don't care how long it takes. I've learned, I mean, I've been doing this for seven years. It took me, I, it's taken me a very long time. I didn't just crash diet, lose 125 pounds in a year. I did not do that. It took me a very long time because I would hit plateaus and I'd be stuck. And then that would lead me to learn more and go, why am I stuck? What do I need to change? What, how do I get this moving again? So I'd like to help people change their choices, small habit changes. My recommendation for anyone that's starting in the very beginning of wanting to lose some weight is if you're able to find someone who can help you figure out a calorie deficit, do that. Also increase the water intake and daily walks. I am telling you daily 30 minute to 45 minute walks, increasing your water intake and being in a small calorie deficit over an extended period of time helps a lot of people. Okay. There are some extenuating circumstances that can prevent it depending on their medical situation. Okay. I think I get most of it now. You know, that word that you're saying, calorie deficit, can you kind of dumb it dumb down? Absolutely. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you, let me give you an example. Yeah. Okay. So I need about my, what we call maintenance, maintenance calories would be if I, if I was going to track the calories I eat each day, I will get into tracking in a second. People get so triggered by tracking, but it's a great uh -huh. tool for learning. You do not have to do it for life, but it's a great tool for learning. And this is how I learned because I can eyeball now 2000 calories a day um, is maintenance for me to, to 2000 to 2100. And I've learned this. I've had to test these theories and I have, I've had to try things on my body and see how it responds. So if I was going to be in a deficit, say I want to hang out at maintenance. I say I'm good. I'm not trying to lose any weight. I'm just comfortable where I am. I want to be, I want to feel nourished and fed and not gain weight. And I don't need to lose weight. Maintenance calories is what that's called. So my maintenance calories will be about 2,200. When I want to cut body fat, now I don't, I'm no longer in the weight loss lane. I don't really try to lose weight necessarily with the bodybuilding. I cut body fat. It's a totally different beast, but this all applies. Now I would reduce those calories to about, I would slowly reduce it to about 1800 for two, three, four weeks. See how I respond. If I need to, I'll come down to like 1750, maybe 17. I try really hard not to go much more further below that because at that point I I don't like messing up my hormones. I don't like to be, I don't like to mess all that up. And anyone that is anyone that recommends 1200 calories a day for an adult woman, 
again, I'm going to say run like no way that is not enough. You're, you're, you are just not helping at all. That is not helping weight loss to be that low. You're starving, you're starving. And it's going to set you up for the binge after the fact. So a calorie deficit is eating less calories each day than what your body needs to maintain your baseline where you are not gain, not lose. Right. And so people usually I'm assuming you don't know if they're in a deficit because they're not tracking, right? Yes. Yeah. You you mentioned that um, in parlay, I'm going to be honest. I'm one of those people who hates tracking food. I understand. (laughs) Because especially cultural foods like fried plantains. Oh, so good. (laughs) Or like, you know, just like I'm Nicaraguan. So our food is so different. Mm, Yes. It's, It's not like I can go to like my fitness pal and I'll have like, you know, like, like Carlo de Res, like how, you know, because everybody yep. parts different too. So it's so hard because I'm like, okay, if I just had this Carlo de Res, which is pretty much beef stew, and we put in the green plantain, we put in like chayote, or ch- I don't even know what it is in English, Um, you know, like all these veggies and stuff. Yep. And then the size of it, it's like, is it medium, large? I'm like, to me, it's probably small, but it, some- it becomes, it does become tedious, especially when you have a more complicated recipe, right? There's <laughs> tips and tricks for sure to, to help with that. Um, what I, all, what I, when I, I didn't even begin. So I, we were 2016 is when we started like actual trying when I actually put in effort and made changes. It was 2020. I got all the way to 2020 and I was stuck. I didn't track anything before that. I was exercising a lot and I was, um, I, we had changed our food choices. We changed, we changed what we were eating, the types of foods we were eating. I did not at the time back then, I didn't know calories. I didn't know how much I was taking in, but when I hit the plateau, I get into 2020 COVID happened and I was home and I had all this time and I was, I felt out of control and I was like, okay, control something, control something safety. And I got a nutritionist. And they did a meal plan for me. And that was kind of what catapulted me into understanding calories and tracking. Um, And they did a whole meal plan literally with the the food. Like you just eat this, do this. And and it did work. It did work because I told them my goal was to lose weight. In hindsight, at the time, I was having a little bit of a body dysmorphia issue going on. And I really didn't at the time need to lose much more weight. What I was really seeking was growing some muscle. I was seeking, I needed, I wasn't, I told them the wrong goal. They, they served what I told them the goal was in hindsight. I didn't need to lose more weight back then, but I tried it. I learned a lot. The unfortunate fact about losing weight is that it's a major effort and there is some sacrifices that you have to make in the short term for long-term sustainability Cause I enjoy bad food now, but I do it in major moderation. And I also have a portion control. I won't eat a whole pizza now. I'll have two slices and I don't do that every day. I don't even do it every week, but I don't, I also don't demonize things. You know, if I want some ice cream, I might try, there's some ice cream options now where I can have a whole pint that's 400 calories, or I can eat Ben and Jerry's for 2000 calories. I mean, you know, you can make different choices. So I kind of try to always go for I want this. What's a cleaner option? What's a better option? How can I, how can I make this a little better? So I'm not just stuffing sugar into my body. Cause I don't respond well to sugar. Some people don't have the sugar problem that I have, but I can just smell sugar and it feels like I'm 
puff up. It's just, you know, I just don't respond well to it. That's me too. <laughs> um, so tracking, it turns people off. And I, I, it wasn't until I started tracking that I learned and I, I don't track now. I only track now when I'm doing something hardcore. Like when I do 75 hard, I track, or if I have a specific goal, when I was bulking, I tracked a little bit because I needed to see what I needed to eat. But once I knew what that looked like, I didn't have to be anal about it every day. Um, but it really just, what I do now, as far as tracking, I do not track every day. I track if I have a specific goal, but I also bodybuild. So that's a little different. I currently have a girl I coach um, and she, I've got her tracking, but we're doing it in a very, she's made some very small changes to her food choices. So she's still eating a lot of the things that she likes to eat that aren't, would, wouldn't be what we would consider healthy or labeled healthy. It's just food. And because she's tracking, she is trending downward and she's losing a pound or two every other week. And it's coming down, even though it's a portion control thing. So she's still eating a lot of the good foods that she, I say good foods, the foods she enjoys, but she's eating less and it's resulting in some weight loss. Mm -hmm. So I always feel like when people are starting out, depending on, it really depends on where you're starting it. The, where I was when I was 125 pounds overweight, any small change I made was, was causing a deficit because I was eating so much. So my body responded quickly. And then I, then, like I said, after a couple of years, I hit a plateau and I wanted to push past that. I had to learn more and I had to get uncomfortable with the tracking. I went through some hard lessons learning myself because there was a time, there was a period of time I abused myself. So I used to abuse myself with binge eating. Then I abused myself with starving myself. Like and I had to really get real with myself. I was like, okay, Carla, you were, you were doing this and that caused this. Now, now look what you're doing. Cause I realized it when I became a bobblehead, I was so skinny. I was a bobblehead and I would look in the mirror and I would still think I needed to lose more weight. And I was a bag. I was a skeleton with loose skin. I was just a bag of skin and a bobblehead and I couldn't see it in the mirror, but I could see it in pictures. And I was like, what are you doing? This isn't it either. And I had a wake up call with myself. It, 2020 did that for me. The end of 2020, I was like, no, this isn't it. This is not it. You've gone too far now. <laughs> and that catapulted me into wanting to genuinely learn nutrition more beyond weight loss. So I could learn how to nourish myself so that I could control my choices to not get back. I didn't want a yo-yo. Right. Yo-yo. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of us end up doing that because we focus on the physical part, the working out part. Yes. We don't educate ourselves about the nutrition part. The nutrition is not, is number one. I, it is number one. Because I literally, you can lose, you, no, you do not have to bodybuild. Now I will tell you resistance training and weightlifting, not, you don't have to do it the way I do it, but it does really help you build some muscle. Muscle really will contribute to your metabolism. There's a lot of beautiful positives of doing that. And you feel strong and it kind of boosts confidence. I mean, it's all the fun things, but not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone wants to do that. And I respect that. That's why with the exercise stuff, I start people on walking. We start there. I've, I've, I've discovered that if I try to go from zero to 60 with people that are going from lifestyle of sedentary, mostly, and kind of just eating whatever they want, just like I used to be to go into exercise and do these weightlifting programs and, and be on this deficit and track and track and all this, like if you go too hard, too fast, they, they give up. It's too much. It's very overwhelming. It's too much of a lifestyle change overnight. 
Some people can do that. I have found most people, I won't say they can't, they just, it doesn't work for them. And if the goal is to help them, then I can't force things on them that aren't going to work for them. Right. So I really, the food is the, it's number one. It just is. And you do not have to be perfect. I wasn't perfect for many years. I've cleaned it up a lot, but that's because I know too much and I get all twisted in my head about certain things. And I'm like, I also, sometimes I eat things now and I don't feel good. So I have to make that choice. I know, I know my body's going to feel sick. So I know I'm going to do it for mental health and go, this is fun in the moment and I'll pay for it the whole next day. Right. So I just, oh make that, I just make that choice, you know, and I, but I know that I did that to myself. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. my lawn guy is here. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. It happens. Um, no, Carla, you said something about the body feeling it, right? Um, I did 75 hard with Henry, not as successfully as he did. He lost the Yeah, my husband. So, um, but through that experience, though I, you know, wasn't as successful as he was, I, for the first time, learned to love the weightlifting. And I I remember, I remember he used to make fun of me because I had like the two pound weights and then hey. like five. And then, you know, I was like, oh, I graduated from my five pound weights. I'm on to tens now. Now I'm on to 15 now. Um, and I think he had a lot of it had to be the mindset. Like, because um, one of the things that I've still sometimes tell myself is like, why? why am I not one of those people that when they have issues going, when life is challenging you, you focus on to like letting it all out at the gym or running or something. Why do I have to turn to sugar and all this, you know, all the greasy or fried foods or whatever, you know? So mentally I'm beating up my, beating myself up. Yeah. And then this experience with 75 hard was great because I was like, no, that's it. This is where I'm leaving it all out. I'm just going to, so I had to really be intentional. About- that's the key right there. Yeah. It's, it's just intentional. Even you, you, you use the right word. You used the right word when you said mindset, mm-hmm. I get asked a lot and I need to come up with a, a good answer. <laughs> I get asked a lot, how did you go from that? How, how do you do it? How do you keep going? How do you just do it? And I'm like, I don't know. I think it's partly, it's, I have a personality that goes to extremes. Mm-hmm. So I'm either going to hurt myself that way, or I'm going to be extreme this way that is better for myself. And I did, like I said, I did take that too far for a little while. Now I have learned how to it's become a major goal of mine to make sure that my extremes in this world of wellness do not harm me. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I had to learn that though. I learned that through this experience, I learned, I used to binge eat and hurt myself. Then I would punish myself with restricting and working out. And so I went from one extreme to the other. And then I, when I had that wake up call, when I was a bobblehead, I went, okay, so you lost the weight, but you didn't figure this part out yet. And that's when it done. That was a second click to get it all started with physical, get the weight off, get off the meds. You know, you want to see in the mirror, something you, you like better, all the things. And then I had another wake up call. Oh my God, what's going on up here is a huge piece of this. And if you want to stop abusing yourself, Carla, you got to get that on board. Enter 75 hard. Mm-hmm. I did my first round of 75 hard in 2021. So 2020, I was bobblehead. I was on, I was, I, I got myself too skinny. I took it too far. 
and I told myself it was control, but 2020 was a hard year for everybody. And that was kind of, I did, I was kind of, I had, didn't have the best mental health. And I think that contributed to me thinking I was controlling my, my weight and, you know, my health. And I'm, you know, I just, I used that as a coping. I think I used it to cope through that year because it was very hard on me. All of that change was hard on me. <laughs> and so 2021, I had a friend go through 75 hard in 2020 and I watched it change his life. I, I had a close upfront view. We talked every day. It changed his life. And I was like, I need that because, you know, it's mostly geared as a mental, a mental toughness program. Yeah. And I knew I was good with the physical stuff. And I was like the mental, that's what I need. I need to get this mind better. I need to figure out something with the mindset. Before we continue with the story, yeah. explain to people what 75 are hard. Absolutely. Yes. Sorry. You're right. I'm just over here talking like, you know what it is, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> so 75 hard was created by a man named Andy Frisella. He runs a fitness a supplement company, First Form. Um, he's a very outspoken, very successful man. He created, he was obese at one time and he created 75 hard program. And what it is, is, is for 75 straight days, there's six things you have, six tasks you have to meet and you have to meet them I, perfectly each day or you fail. And if you fail, you start over on day one. So it's a program and it's meant to promote mental toughness. The reason why it is a mental toughness program is because it's very hard and you have to be extremely intentional to complete all of the requirements every day while also doing real life. And that's the mental challenge of it. The requirements are drinking a gallon of water a day. You have to do two 45 minute workouts each day. One must be outside. Um, that can be met via a walk. You can go for a walk outside for 45 minutes. That counts. It's workouts don't mean you have to kill yourself. It means exercise. You should be, you should be working hard, but you also can't lift, you can't lift weights every day. There becomes a point where there's some, some issues there. Some people do it like that. I did walks or I would ride a bike. I would ride a bike or I would walk. That's my outdoor thing. Inside, I would do yoga routines and weightlifting. And I had to do the yoga just to take a break from weights because seven days a week, 75 straight days of weights was brutal on my 42-year-old body. <laughs> so I had to have some recovery exercise in there. Um, gallon of water, the two workouts, 45 minutes each, one outside. Read 10 pages of a book each day. Take a progress photo each day. You have to follow a diet. And what that means is it doesn't mean free for all. It means pick a clean diet and stick to it for 75 straight days. He doesn't determine that for you. You figure out how you're going to exercise. You figure out your diet, but you commit to it before you start and you follow it. Mm -hmm. um, and then no alcohol. So those are the requirements and you do it for 75 straight days. I'm just going to be candid. It, that program, I've done it three times now and it has changed my entire life. It has, I am where I am today because of that program, as far as the mindset and the mentality and the mental toughness that I wasn't bodybuilding back in 2020, the way that I am now, all the progress I've had with my bodybuilding has been because of that program. And it has ignited a fire in me and I didn't want to be a bobblehead anymore. I wanted to be strong. I wanted to, I don't need to be skinny. I want to be comfortable and strong and feel good and nourished. And I learned, I know what obesity feels like. I know what starving feels like. And neither one of those was the right lane for me. And I, and it's just, I want to help save people from having to go through that lesson. I wish I had had someone. I wish I had had resources. I, I mean, there's like you were saying though, 
tons of resources you can read, but I didn't have a personal person that I could talk to that had been through it that could tell me the mistakes they made, tell me the things that helped them, all the different things they've tried. I've tried it all. I've tried the fasting. I've tried the keto. I've tried tracking macros. To be fair, tracking my macros and being on a macro tracking plan is what works best for me, but that also aligns with the bodybuilding. It's not necessarily what works for everybody. Um, it, it, it really is a personalized thing, depending on your activity level. Yeah. So that's what 75 hard is. And I, I started that in 2021 and that helped get me out of the starving myself mindset. It got me more realistic. Um, when I saw the results of it, what the way it made me feel when I would complete it, the, the, the hard days, like the worst days I could be having the hardest day. And I get that, that, that stuff done. And mm -hmm. I felt it didn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's real. I felt like the, the beast of the world. I felt yeah. like on top of the world because I was able to beat myself mm -hmm. and get it done because I made a commitment and I set a goal mm -hmm. and I wanted to quit so many times and I didn't. And that part is what changed my mind. It, mm -hmm. That feeling, that feeling of doing what I said I was going to do and meeting the goal and committing to it and seeing it through, even when it was doing that hard stuff, really doing it's doing the hard things changes you. It just does. And yeah, there was a lot of times it sucked, but I'm going to, the reality is, is that the outcome and the end result and the long game was nothing but best positive things for me. Like in the moment, it's not good. I mean, anything that's hard, it, it feels bad when you're in the moment, but if you can see down the road and you can see that end the light there, and then you're like, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there. And then you get there. Mm -hmm. I was never I was never an athlete when I was young. I didn't do anything where I had success at anything. And so that this has all felt like me being true to myself, finally being able to set a goal and uh, uh, reach it and commit to it and basically honor the promise I made to myself. That feeling is ridiculous. <laughs> Completely agree because, you know, when I did it, I was amazed that I stuck with it, even on the worst days where I was yes. like, I want to. And then once yes. he said in the book was even your worst or something like, even if you do like the laziest workout, it's still better than not doing Absolutely. a workout at all because Absolutely. you took like steps back by not doing it. And they also, you get too comfortable, right? We're like, oh, well, I didn't do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and right. I'll do it tomorrow again. And then you just, you know, do that to yourself. It's like self-sabotage and you're not realizing it. I, I, um, I just want to also just say like, I didn't start, I would not, I would have not been successful on 75 hard if I had tried it when I first started, mm -hmm. I had, I didn't, you know, I was five years in and I had done like three rounds of 80 day obsession. That's like a beach body program. And I had done that. So I was used to these like challenges. I liked the I like to set these small goalposts and then get there. And then when I get there, I set the next one and then I get there. And it's like these, these little things, instead of going like this and it feels impossible, I just go like this. Oh, I'm there. Oh, I'm there. And it, that's, that has worked wonders for me. I do my best under a structured plan. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just how my brain, my brain does the best. Like my husband, he can, he doesn't need that. He, he just can do it. He's like, I'm going to do it. And he does it. And I'm like, I'm, I, that's so awesome. <laughs> Like, I got to trick, but it's individualized. I got to find a way to trick my mind into doing what I know I need to do because we will sabotage ourselves. And there's times where I don't promote, be a beast all the time. I don't, 
I don't think it's the lifestyle for everyone. I think it's a lifestyle for some people and my lifestyle works for me, but I have an extreme respect for the fact that the choices I make and the way I choose to live now, as hardcore as I do sometimes is not gonna work for everyone. So I love to, I would never recommend 75 hard for somebody just starting out. I don't think it's, I, mean, I let me also say, a lot of people have done it and have been successful. I think it's an option and I think it's personal on whether or not someone would would do well with it when they're starting as heavy as I was in the beginning. I don't know if I would have done great. I think I would have been I was a quitter back then, but I've seen some extremely obese people do it and succeed. So it's really just it just depends. I won't say it's one or the other. I think as a coach, I probably wouldn't lay that on somebody brand new as they're, as they're, unless they told, unless they told me they really wanted to, I would try to support them through it, but I, I wouldn't push it. Yeah. Okay. Carla, cause we're running out of time and I have so many more questions. Oh, sorry. Okay. This has been such a good conversation. Okay. I'll keep it brief. <laughs> Thinking about the mom, right. You know how we carry so many tasks, you know, some of us work from home or work outside of the home. We have kids, yes. you know, tend to the home and all this. And if you know, I, I find myself not having a lot of time and I'm to the point to where like, shoot, I can't, I don't even know what to eat in the morning that will help me stay satiated because, and also I'm so afraid of eating anything because it seems like every option is a bad option because I'm not doing it right. Right. What would you tell that mom or that, that woman that's really trying to just start? How would they start? I think if you have the ability to, if there's any resource you have access to someone like me, I didn't do this. I didn't, I didn't hire coaches until I was well into it. And after I made a lot of mistakes, consistency is always going to win always getting to a point where you can be consistent is the hard part, right? Figuring out what do I need to do for moms? I think convenience is huge. And if you can find convenient ways to prep food, that's easy to grab in the morning, but better choice instead of grabbing the pop tarts, don't do that. We used to make little egg cups. They're like, um, little egg muffins in the muffin pan. And we could just grab a couple of those easy pop it in the microwave or however you want to heat it up. There's a lot of resources to help you with the convenient food prep things. If you spend just a couple hours on a Sunday, if you can, or anytime you can find a couple hours, prepping a little bit of ingredients that you can easily put together for convenience is already ready. That might help you grab less junk. As far as the morning times, staying satiated, I'm always of the mindset, starting your morning with a good hefty dose of protein and not the carbs and sugar is going to set you up for more success for the whole day then starting your day off with sugar, like all that junk, like, especially in the morning, <laughs> but it's, I would say to busy moms, if you have any way to reach out to any resource, have conversations, don't be afraid to ask, talk to people because you're right. If you get on the, on the Instagram or you get on the internet, there's a lot of misleading information and it's hard to sift through what's right. And you end up being overwhelmed and you want to give up because well, do I do this? Do I do that? Do that? I would say if you're starting out and you're just trying to build new habits and you're trying to make some small changes, try not to be perfect at first. You're not going to be, and don't, don't confuse what, if you're eating junk all the time, any, any small change you make is going to be a positive change. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be a positive change. Um, eggs are huge for me in the morning, whether they're prepared, scrambled, the egg cups. I would, you can Google some easy, easy, convenient things that you can have prepped that are easy to grab and go. There's all kinds of options. Um, the overnight oats are amazing and they kind of taste like a dessert, but they're like way better for you. <laughs> some people would debate that. Don't get the keto army on me. I'm not <laughs> anti-carb, you know, like it, it all depends any food you grab, anything, someone could go, well, that's got this in it or that. I know, but the, the point is reducing some of those things. Mm-hmm. Perfection is not, is a lie. Don't let the, the fear of not being perfect, stop you. Like you just have to push past that overwhelm a little bit. It's really pushing past that and just saying, okay, today I'm not grabbing the pop tart tonight. I'm going to make some, some eggs and I'm going to have something ready. I'm going to have what I need in the morning. Like I supplement protein with shakes, but that, that works for me. I only have one a day. I don't multiple do them because again, we're back to processed and all that, but it's a supplement and I still use it. It still helps me. Um, those protein shakes in the grow in the convenience stores, grab that instead of a soda. Is it the best option? Of course not. But is, is it better than soda? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's little things and any little change that you're making from what you're already doing is going to be an improvement. But I wish I had had resources in the beginning, someone to talk to, someone like me to talk to that had been through it, that could tell me what they did and what, what didn't work, what did work. You know, I, I'm very boring with my food because it just works easy for me. It's just, it, I have had to take the confusion out of it for myself so that I could stay consistent. I had to just make it easy. And I eat these things. I mean, I eat a lot of green beans and a lot of steak and a lot of chicken. We, when I'm bulking, I eat a lot of rice, but we, I flavor, we flavor things differently. Sometimes we'll have Mexican flavored chicken and sometimes we'll have Asian flavored chicken. And I just take the base ingredient and we flavor it with the seasonings, not sauces. There's sauces that are good, but some sauces are just a bunch of calories flavor it so differently and it makes it feel different. And we change the texture. Sometimes it's pulled chicken. Sometimes it's grilled chicken. Sometimes it's cut up in cubes and it just tricks my mind into this is different. The flavoring and the seasoning is beautiful. That stuff is beautiful. Reducing processed foods, drinking more water and trying to get more steps. Those small changes consistently cutting back the alcohol a little bit, easing up on the processed junk food, small changes will add up, especially when you're just getting started. Yeah. Like another example, and this is silly, but hear me out. Reese's cups. I love them. I am a sugar chocolate addict. Love them. Well, there's a lot of other companies now making peanut butter cups with different ingredients. Some of them have more protein in them. They're a little less, they're lighter than the Reese's cups. They don't have all the crap in the Reese's that the Reese's cup have. They're Are they still junk snack? A little bit, but it's a better choice. Kind of like what I was saying about the ice cream. Like the lighter, cleaner ice cream that's less calories, I still get my little, I get my fix mm-hmm. instead of eating a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's. Right. Yeah. Those are really great tips because uh, I know that I've struggled and I have been one of those people who have gotten to the point to where I'm like, oh crap, what do I eat in the morning? So I stay satiated. And then I'm so, I've been so afraid to eat because I'm like, I, I'm not make I'm not going to make a right choice. And I, um, I'm constantly hungry. Right. And I harp I harp on the the people I have one-on-one conversations with. I harp hard on protein because most people do not eat 
enough protein per day. And the only reason why I am, I am, I am proteins, cheerleader, protein church, whatever you want to call it. And the reason why is literally because I have seen it in action with myself. I coach, I coach Rob on his nutrition and his whole entire game changed when he finally listened to me and now he look and his whole body composition, he was already doing the training. I changed, I coached his nutrition and he's implemented my plan and the man is 51 years old and he's never looked like he, he, he likes to bodybuild as well, but the protein is so key. It's not even just about bodybuilding bodybuilders. You pro, use protein for a reason, but I think the, the general population doesn't understand how impactful getting enough protein each day will be for you and your hunger and your being satisfied and all of it. It is so important. And when I start people, I don't care how they're getting the protein, just get the protein. Let's start the protein habit before we worry about, is it grass fed? Is it $300? We don't have to do all that yet. Let's not worry about that. Let's build a habit first. Then we can look at the choices in protein and things like that. Yeah. So Carla, if people want to work with you, uh, where can they find you? So I am on Instagram at Carla Diana with Diana with two N's. I am currently doing practice coaching with people. I have a Calendly link on my Instagram where you can book 30 minute conversation with me so we can just talk. It is a very informal um, and client controlled scenario. Um, I will, my goal is to be certified by 2024. I'm looking at certifications in personal training, nutrition, and as well as wellness coaching, all three kind of like a package. I want the whole shebang so I can help multiple people. And, but for now we're just doing practice coaching. I'm using my experiences and my knowledge, all of the learning I have done, the ridiculous amount of reading, all of the coaches I have hired. I've had three different coaches myself, all of my personal experience and all the trial and error I've been through to have conversations with people. I wish when I started, there was someone like me that I could have talked to that was, that was safe, that knew what I was going through because they had been there. And that would be honest and open with me about what worked, what didn't, the mistakes they made. I'm an open book. Awesome. So on Instagram, um, and, um, I hope people take advantage of this because it's free. And then I eventually free. I'm, yeah. I am, I'm going to maintain, um, free coaching until I get my certifications. Um, it's just something I just, I've been doing it for a while and I really enjoy it. It's a genuine passion. And I have already the feeling selfishly when I help someone, I just, it makes me feel, it fills me with joy and it keeps me going too. It's literally, if I can help you, me helping you is helping me. And that value exchange is just means a lot to me, which is partly why I'm just not ready to charge it. I kind of want to build, I want to practice and and get the, the skill set with myself. Like I had told you before with different personality types and different people's needs um, before I, you know, start charging, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get there. I mean, it's literally the goal next year will be, will be fully certified and all the pretty little letters and things. <laughs> all right. And another question is if a high schooler is listening and wants to work with you, will you work with high schoolers? I would be willing to talk to them. I would want to seek some parental, um, approval right. just to make sure I'm, I'm not comfortable with speaking with minors without their parents' permission, but I'm, I would love love to work with uh, minors and obesity or weight loss. I would absolutely love that. And I am willing to do that with their parents' blessing. That's wonderful. Cause I feel like our teens need it so badly. Well, that's just really quickly. I, I catch a lot of heat 
from uh, most of the hate I get and, and heat comes from people my age. And then I get tons of the younger people, these younger women in their 20s coming to me. And I'm like, I'm doing it for you guys. I don't, I don't care if my peers are triggered. My peers are triggered because they, they're not ready to hear my message yet. That's fine. It's not for them. These young people I have just recently, I had a girl refer, want her younger sister to follow me because she's 31 and just had a heart attack. Oh my God. I just had a man reach out to me and say, my, my 21 year old daughter is struggling and going through a breakup and self-esteem issues. And I want her to be connected to you. I want her to see a strong woman. And like, I have another woman that she lost a hundred plus pounds and told me I was, she saw me doing it. And I was the one that inspired her to get up and do it. And I'm like, Oh my God, like that feeling. And it's so these women, these young girls, I have another friend whose daughter wants me to go to the gym with her. And so it's these young people that are, that are seeking me and the younger people that, that see me in this, this light. And I'm like, I, I'm not anything, but thank you. You know, it just makes me feel good. And I want to help them. I feel like I'm being a good role model for them. So it kind of just makes the other stuff. I can ignore the other stuff because I really feel like if I'm not for you, I'm just not. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to repeat again, Carla Diana on Instagram, you have amazing photos there. And I really love the, uh, the quotes that you also post on there. They're very inspirational. And, um, I hope that people reach out and I want to thank you. I would love it. I, this is my genuine passion and it's really something that I, it's one of those things where it's not work because you love doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell, I can tell. And thank you so much for your time. Hopefully people will take advantage and work with you. And I can't wait to interview like next year after you've gotten your certification to see how far you've gotten. So, and oh, I'm down. Give, yeah. Give me like, give me to June next year. Yeah. All right. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. So what did you think about that conversation with Carla? I loved it because she was really real. Um, you know, one of the things that I told her before we started recording was that, I feel like people would probably lean more towards working with her because she's been through the experience. She's not one of those um, fitness coaches who has has always always been fit. Um, it's different, you know, when you have somebody who's been through the experience, who has known the struggles and has gotten to that um, side where they've always wanted to be on. Right. So she's hit her goals and she's now very passionate about helping people. Um, so I hope that you take advantage of her free coaching now until she, you know, next year when she decides to start charging. Uh, if you want to reach out to her, she's on Instagram, uh, Carla Diane uh, with two N's and her account is private. So you will have to, you know, request her um, and, and she'll add you. Um, and uh, I hope that you took a lot of value from this conversation. And if you have any questions at all, please post them in the comments below, share this episode and don't give up. If you're struggling with whatever it is with your fitness journey, don't give up. Remember what she said, consistency. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Until next time. Hey, did you like that episode? If you did, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening and write a review. If you want more tips or some behind-the-scenes videos, make sure to follow my mom at Dolly Talks on Instagram. You can turn on notifications for her posts and stories as well. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. See you next time.